Welcome to Brightly Radiant Being, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and, and invests in the radiance we all carry so that you can shine your brightest. We're just a couple curious people interested in friendship, ideas, and personal development. This is a show that strives to speak to the curious, to those who long to explore new ways of thinking, reflecting, and being. Through sharing our experiences, friendship, and interests, we hope to impact you to step more brightly into yourself inch by inch. I love it. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Ma, you're looking rather golden today. I, I, I feel rather golden today. You're looking rather golden and shimmery yourself. I'm feeling rather bright and shiny at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We decided just to kind of go over the top with this whole thing. And I'm happy we did. Um, although when my husband said, you need a necklace, I put a necklace on and then you I put earrings on, the then I put more earrings then I put bracelets on. Then I was like, I'm wearing all my jewelry <laughs> and you look great in it. <laughs> so, I mean, we are on episode 15, 15, 15. We kept with it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, for 15 times we did, but, um, you know, I know that we've been thinking about all the ways that we've been sharing uh, just to kind of help everyone discover maybe what's holding them back, holding ourselves back from who we want to be, who we feel like we are at our core. Um, and we talk, you know, so much about reflecting and healing. And we talk a lot about shadow work. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, do we reflect on the show? We, yeah, yeah. We've reflected on the shadow many times. But um, Tracy, so Tracy actually shared with me this super cool thing. And it became the basis of this show. And I just want you to share what you shared with me. Yeah, I, like many people this past year, have really uh, gotten into TikTok. I'm one of the over 30 crowd on TikTok, and I have no shame. I now watch it instead of television, um, and I like to share the TikToks, many of them, with my friends. <laughs> there was one um, late winter, um, early spring that really, it, it just, it, it really inspired me, but I also felt like it connects with everything we've talked about so far. So at Betty Robo or Robo, B-E-T-T-Y dot R-O-B-B-O, want to make sure I give her credit. She asked in her TikTok, have you ever looked at someone in complete awe and thought, wow, what they're doing is amazing. Have you ever thought to yourself, I wish I could do that, or even I like them so much and what they stand for? So she goes on to say that what you find yourself admiring in other people is actually your hidden potential. And that was just like an aha moment for me. So like that, even though I've heard it and we've talked about it, you just saying that still gave me chills again. I, and isn't it nice as an adult and, and we're at much different stages in our life, but to still see yourself as having potential, like that gives potential. me hope. I know that I'm not fully formed yet. I still have room to grow and improve um, or just uh, further enhance and showcase what I have. But so it turns out, and she kind of shares a little bit about this. It's actually from a concept that uh, Carl Jung, surprise, has that these are actually your golden shadows. So what you're seeing in other people are your golden shadows and that that is actually your submerged greatness. Who, who wouldn't, I mean, honestly, I have submerged greatness. Okay. Sign me up. Right. I and know, one I, thing I just want to clarify about Carl Jung that when you, the reason why you were like shocking or surprise right. is because he's also the person who not well, psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, psychologist, who coined the term shadow, shadow work. And that is where we come up with that. He's not the first one to do it, but he kind of coined it. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, the merged greatness, merged greatness. <laughs> and how many of us wade in that pool of, you know, uh, just treading water in, in the stuff we think we're bad at, you know, <laughs> our, our ungreatness, yes. really don't, I don't want to say our weakness, our, our weaknesses. yeah. 
our um, the things our we're shadows. ashamed of. Yes, our shadows. Our shadows. <laughs> um, so you know, part of uh, Jungian psychology and the overall concept of this is that there's not. He believes that there's not only darkness in the shadow, but also gold, and also that ninety percent of the shadow is pure gold. I can't even fathom that because I don't think that. I don't think anyone thinks that they have even a minuscule amount of that much gold in them, right? I would if we I would even not think. Have, I would have thought no. it would have been the opposite. Ninety yes. percent shadow work, traumas, things like that, and mm-hmm. then ten percent like, oh, here's what you still have left to do. And and to think right. of it in the reverse is a little overwhelming, but still exciting. Yeah. It is a little overwhelming, isn't it? Because then it's like, it's sort of like that analogy about you only use 10% of your brain. And then you're like, what could I do if I use the whole thing? So if, if I'm 90% gold in my shadow, it's like, what the hell have I been doing? (laughs) But it's also, you know, it, I, as hard as it is for me to see that about myself, I see that in other people. Like, of course, I would say you're 90% gold any day of the week. My friend, my best friends, my close friends, colleagues. Yeah. The people I admire and that I look up to in those golden shadows that that TikTok referred to, I see them as 90% gold. And do they see themselves that way? Are we just inherently built to not recognize yeah. that? For, Such you know, a good point. Yeah. And I think that maybe we need to start pointing that out more often to people too. Like I, the gold in me sees the gold in you, right? I I think we might need to establish a stronger listening base before we just start going around and saying, yeah, maybe we just start it. Maybe it becomes a thing in Minneapolis. We start, we start at our employer and see how big it grows. There you go. that. But so when I started diving into this concept of golden shadow, because uh, it was completely new to me, I hadn't heard of it before. Um, and I love just looking at the people I admire in that way, that it's not just like this unattainable skill set, you know, or talent that they have, but maybe something I, I want or that is potentially in me that I'm seeing reflected in them. But it's, it's also what we project onto others things we were about ourselves, we reject because they shine too bright things about ourselves, um, that we're, we're overwhelmed by them. And so we ignore them or shove them down deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also according to young, you know, our beauty, knowledge, and power, which we reject and even project on others instead, as with all shadow projections, we see these aspects in others instead of ourselves We may idolize a famous figure for their beauty, talent, or altruism while denying our own. Again, with the chills all over. It's pretty amazing when you think about that. Like it feels, it feels as if this is, this knowledge is a gift and all we have to do is unwrap it. That's all we have to do. I mean, maybe we have to do a little bit more. Like first we got to clean the house, then we unwrap the gift, right? It's it's already there. And if we start with, you know, people we admire, um, that that doesn't even require having done any prior shadow work or having to, you know, go up against any fears or self-limiting beliefs. Like that is just straight up. We, I would imagine almost everybody has people that they have looked up to at some point in their life. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes, I guess what this did for me, because even though I'd never heard of the concept before, I had always had a feeling of like a little bit of excitement when I saw somebody doing something that either I could, there was a just kind of an inkling inside of me, like I could do that, or I've thought of that thing before or whatever, but before when it felt like, oh, but I didn't do it and they did it, they did it better. Now what this has done is it's like, I see that thing and then I go, oh, I see that in you. I wonder how I could bring that something like that forth. Cause that's exciting to me. And I bet I could do that as well, but from my perspective, right? I love that. When, when I first entered sales, I had a really hard time because the company I was working for, it wasn't very innovative, you know, that we had some big name clients um, in the retail sphere for what we did design work for. Um, and I always felt like we were, you know, borrowing and stealing from others. 
And I learned both from the, the people I worked with and then our clients that we were a vendor for, you don't have to be first, you have to be the best. And so while somebody else may have inspired us, we did it better. And, and sometimes it's hard to see, you know, big corporations versus the little guys. I'm not talking about mm -hmm. corporations and, you know, you see a lot of social media influencers that actually do steal verbatim copy and take advantage of <laughs> yeah. the little guy. But I just think this concept that you said of like, I'm seeing it in someone else and I'm going to flip it into something that still, you know, brings me enthusiasm and excitement, but is more representative of me. Like I'm going to find that mm -hmm. piece that I see in you that I'm connecting with and make it my own or remove, you know, the, you know, the, the shell. Remove, yeah. Remove the blocks yeah. that, that are over it and then bring it out to what I actually could give to the world. Right. Oh, I love that. And also, who is it that said it? Paul, was it Paul Wellstone? We all do better when we all do better. And so I think it take, was. Yeah. So yeah. taking that scarcity mindset out of it of somebody else mm -hmm. is already doing it. So I can't. And instead of being like, wow, I can do that too. And the world yeah. will be better for it. I'll reach a different audience. I'll inspire somebody else. I'll inspire someone in a new way. I'll reach somebody that the other person couldn't. I think that's so important to point out that that actually does come from a scarcity, a lack mindset. And you just saying it right now made me realize that that is what it comes from because <laughs> I hadn't thought of that either. So I think that's important for just for the listener just to say, oh, I, I'm, this is coming from lack. Like, I, I don't have to feel that way. Yeah, we... I think competition is healthy in life, but it needs mm -hmm. to come from a drive to, to reach your own personal milestones and not a drive to better someone else. And I think, I, I think that's where we get caught up and that it's always a race or it's always about points. And instead I want to look at somebody else, be inspired by them and have their success drive me to be more ambitious for my own success. Yes. Um, not to better them, not to replace them, but, you know, to also hustle, to also shine, to also, like you said, uncover those parts of me and be that, you know, more authentic self. Yeah. It has to come from that place of abundance. It sure does. And honestly, like we, so we always go over the notes and I, again, I hadn't thought of that to <laughs> uncover your golden shadow. It does have to come from a place of abundance because you have to, you have to feel that abundance of self-worth, of, of creativity, of all those things. And I think with that abundance, it also is like, if you're putting it out in the world, someone else might look at that and say, oh, I like that. I bet I could do that. And you have to be willing to put your ideas out there and let other people take pieces of them, right? Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, I have these two infant nephews that are almost one. They're twins. That's why there are two of them. Um, <laughs> when, when I see videos of them playing and discovering and, and being curious about the world, um, they're just trying so hard to do the thing that that's interesting them. <laughs> they aren't worried about whether or not they should do the thing, how the other one is doing the thing. I mean, well, sometimes they, they may want the <laughs> thing the other one has, but they're, you know, they're, they're not yet seeing themselves as lacking or comparing, or, um, I should know that already. You're not willing to be a beginner, like everything that, you know, they're walking and crawling and, and discovering, you know, fine motor skills. And it's just, you know, we aren't, born with those limitations. We put them on ourselves and others put them on us. Yeah. Um, so there's a really good, yes, I think that's a really good point too, to remember that when you do start actually uncovering your golden shadows and start presenting them into the world, that you are a beginner at this work, right? And maybe the other person who you looked up to has been doing it for a while so once again, don't come from a place of lack and compare yourself and find yourself lacking, but know that you're a beginner and that you're just going to continue to shine and get brighter and brighter. I love that because I think it's so easy when seeing someone that we're projecting a golden shadow onto to presume that this is a natural talent and they're just good at it and they've never had to work at it. You know, the, the number of people, you know, just like for art, for example, they're like, I'm a good drawer because I draw every day for four hours a day. This is what I do. I didn't just 
wake up and could draw one day you know it <laughs> took practice and skill and and we all have our own hidden talents or you know motivations and drives that might mm-hmm. help us be better at certain things but it's so easy to just think things come easy to other people but they come hard to me so I, right. that must mean it's not for me yeah honestly when i think about um the first once we started talking about this, I realized the first time that I'm aware of it happening to me, where I actually felt this feeling of seeing someone doing something. And I had like this, this emotional bridge almost to seeing this person doing it. It was Annette Bening in Oh, what was, what was, what was the gangster movie she was in with the first Warren Beatty movie, Bugsy. Okay. I was like, was it gangster? I don't know. Bugsy, Bugsy, something like that. Anyways. So it was Annette Bening. And I remember watching her act and in high school and the one year I went to college, I was in acting and I was always in the school plays and, you know, did a lot of acting. Okay. And I see her. And first of all, there is something, there is something about her that at the time when I was younger, we looked, there was a similar look. Okay. A little bit. So, so then it was like, was that supposed to be me? Like literally in my head, I'm like, oh shit, that was supposed to be me. Oh, like you had a missed opportunity. Oh yeah. So, so I saw it and and then it was like crushing but the stupid thing is like I was like I was 30 I was I was still so young I could have absolutely gone out the next day and started auditioning still so young say that today if you saw her in something or somebody else you recognize right right but I think that's you know, not only did you, you know, that emotional bridge, but I think you also identified a goal that you wanted and that for whatever reason, your brain also went, oh, and now we can't do it because somebody else did, but you know, you wanted to be somebody else did. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think it's so easy to attribute the, um, the aspects of a character to a celebrity. Uh, and and then think that you want to be that celebrity when in all actuality, like, you know, these characters in books and film and TV are amazing because, you know, they might have a small aspect of the person playing them. You know, they're definitely bringing something to that, a piece of themselves, but they are acting. They're also Mm -hmm. being directed. Somebody else wrote their lines. Somebody else designed their clothes. Somebody else put them in the perfect setting. Someone else is stepping in as a stunt double. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have people training them how to sing and dance and fight choreography you know and it's so easy to just see this and be like man I wish I was Emma Stone I I don't know Emma Stone I'm sure she's a lovely girl but some I want to be like that character on that screen and so I think that's important too for the golden shadows like to recognize what it is specifically so not to attribute everything to one person or one character but like what is it that I'm liking about this what is it that I'm connecting that's or making me feel bad about myself So I feel like now I can see it with discernment a little bit better, especially since we've started talking about this subject. I can be online and see a creator and say, oh, I really, this is, this piece of this is speaking to me. So it's not like the whole package, like I need to dye my hair blonde and then pink and then be a mermaid. And, you know, I don't know, whatever. Right. Um, but now I can say, oh, I like it the way that they do this thing or sometimes it's the outcome that you like, you know, so sometimes yeah. people look at celebrities and what they really want is the fame, what they really want is the money, what they really want is the travel, you know, some aspect of that or the ability to act in, in a certain production and, mm-hmm. you know, which sounds like it was partially your case. And then sometimes it is more just like character traits or a skill or an ability or something like that. For me, you know, I see golden shadows and others, you know, I didn't have this term for it before, but I was definitely aware I had it. Like I have, 
you know, kind of the people I know personally that I interact with Mm -hmm. people I'm aware of in my real circle. So kind of like my own celebrities. So like maybe people I've been introduced to at work, but I'm not really acquaintances with, or, you know, even like local elected officials. Cause you know, that people in our office, leaders in our office, I don't know them personally, but the professional side of them or what I've seen them present, like there's definitely golden shadow aspects there that, I, you know, would want to prescribe to. And then also like you, just celebs and authors, social media influencers, Um, you know, but for me, so like a big one for me lately is I've just been talking about my brain crush, John Green. He, he's an author, you know, he wrote Faulkner Stars, Looking for Alaska. Um, He has many different podcasts. He, um, you know, is very influential on YouTube, you know, many different ways to connect with him. But he has a new book coming out, The Anthrop- Anthropocene Reviewed. I highly recommend the podcast and the book when it comes out. Um, but he is signing 250,000 copies. Um, so he agreed to sign the entire first printing. And it's, oh just, it's just been increasing as the pre-orders have increased. And so what they do for, for book signings like that is they just send him these blank sheets of paper that he'll sign individually and then they'll bind in the book. So it's not like he has a quarter of a million books in his office, but he has a quarter of a million sheets of paper. So what he has started to do is while he's signing these pieces of paper, he'll just live stream and talk. And I will listen to this man I have never met answer random questions from teenagers and young adults and just whatever happens to be going on in his head at the time and just watch him sign hundreds of pieces. What what is it then? What do you think it is? He has so many thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Tracy. I mean, that sounds like someone I know. (laughs) No, but so he, I mean, he's a writer, even before he was an author, he, he writes a lot of nonfiction too. And he, Mm -hmm. he, he writes a lot of essays, which require critical thinking. Mm -hmm. But what he does is he, he'll take this thought or an idea or something going on in the public sphere and then he'll tie it into something else. And like the, the Anthropocene reviewed the whole concept for him right now around it is instead of just rating things on a scale and taking, you know, when you rate something, you act as though you're objective, whether you're a reviewer or somebody on Amazon, you always write it from an objective viewpoint. So what him and his wife pointed out to him is like, no, this is about your experience of the thing. And so the podcast, I highly recommend listening to it. Like he, the, the one I saw live that turned me on to this, he took this story of a carnival barker um, type announcer for hot dog eating contests and turned it into like this allegory for racism and how to be more welcoming and inclusive and, and what it's like to be a different race in America and just... And, and he does it with humor and, um, you, you know, he doesn't take himself too seriously either. Like one of the questions that, I mean, he makes me laugh out loud because somebody asked him, what do you think about Jeopardy? And for me, from a, in the news standpoint, um, you know, with Alex Trebek's passing, they've been rotating mm-hmm. hosts and some of the hosts have gotten into hot water either for their selection or for things they've actually said. He said his response to this question was, well, you know, if you're asking about the show, I haven't watched it in years, but if you're asking about like the state or feeling of Jeopardy, I'm in it constantly. (laughs) 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 And so I just, so I, so I have a brain crush on this man. I love how he thinks. I love how he speaks. I love how he presents himself in the world. Um, And, and I'd say the same thing about Nora Ephron that I'm, you know, what I like about today is, you know, you get to know the celebrities that you have crushes on or, you know, have a golden shadow. And so mm-hmm. I've been, instead of just reading her essays and her, you know, biographies and her fiction, I'm listening to her read them via audiobooks. So I get the full effect of, you know, the yeah. weight and meaning, intonation, everything she wanted. And she's gone it. now, right? And she, she's, yeah, she, she, she died. Yeah. 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 Okay. But she's so witty. And yeah. I want to be that kind of witty, you know, she's, um, and it's just so natural, you know, it just seems like such a part of her personality, but it's like, you know what, she probably had to work at that. She's a writer, you know, she probably had rough drafts of these things. Um, she, okay, probably. No, <laughs> she did. She yeah. better have. <laughs> <laughs> so a good example of that, she introduced um, Meryl Streep uh, at an award show once. So if you just look up Nora Ephron, Meryl Streep award show. Yeah. And Meryl Streep played her in yes. um, Heart 
was it heartbeat? Uh, heartburn. Heartburn. Yeah. Heartburn. Um, but yeah, so it's things like that where I've, I've been able at least for, for my golden shadows to like narrow it down to what it is specifically yes. about them. But for people, you know, personally, Amy, you're my golden shadow. That's why I sent you the dang TikTok in the first place. Like, you oh my first person <laughs> that feels, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what to do with that. Cause there's a part of me that's like, oh, that no, she's going to no, be horribly gonna disappointed. You, you just got to take it. You accept it. You receive it. You bathe in it <laughs> here. I'm going to tell you why you are so, and it's not even just about extroversion, but you're so warm and empathetic. Um, and you just seem like a true authentic version of you and that you're constantly still trying to learn and grow, even though you're already amazing and could just stay the same if you wanted to, but I'm always smiling when I talk with you, but I also know I can come to you with the hard stuff and you've shared things with me before. And we've even talked about when it's come up, you know, at like trainings with other people and they're like, you can't possibly know what it's like to have a hard time in life. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, but I can like, it's a, you, you actively see it as a choice to be a blessing to everyone you meet. We bring that up a lot. And so thank you. Like you, you are my golden shadow. Thank you, Tracy. That's that. I did not, I don't know. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I am at a <laughs> yeah, loss. I didn't put it in the show notes. So she so, <laughs> I, that feels, I feel responsible now to always be like, Yourself. Great. No, be your, yourself. <laughs> Myself. Uh, well, honestly, I, I think that, you know, at the age that I am, uh, if I'm unhappy with being myself, mm. I have quite a few problems, right? Yeah. That would be, but I feel like you're never too old to keep uncovering new aspects of yourself. And I think my mom would have said that. I mean, she did say it. She always said, there's never a line in the sand. There's, there's, there's no, at no point is it time to end. I'm going to go ahead and guess just, just based on prior, prior podcasts and conversations is your mom, perhaps your personal golden shadow. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was my golden shadow. And the interesting thing with that is that when I was younger, super golden shadow to the point where I was like, I'll never, I can never be like that. But then as she grew older and I grew older, I still appreciated the things that I always appreciated. And, you know, the golden shadow part of her now that I have, you know, uh, vernacular for that. But then I also saw Oh, she, you know, she's not like a literal goddess on a pedestal. Yeah, as okay. you've gotten older, you've, you're now a mom too. You, yeah. you know, you've now worked, had a career, had a husband, yeah. had a family. And yeah. I, you know, it has to be different. Like my golden shadows that I've seen in my life, I've been able to control for the most part uh, when I interact with them. But when your golden shadow is somebody in your family, somebody Mm -hmm. that you don't always have that control of, I can see where it can become that more daunting or, you know, that lack we were talking about. Well, Um, especially when I did become a mom and I felt like she was like the, the fairy godmother of all mothers, right? Like everything was like magical. Of course it wasn't magical. It was just like my golden shadow freaking brain only remembering like the magical things, but there were some pretty magical things. Like we went in the backyard and looked for fairies. Like so, <laughs> that's amazing. I yeah. think that's important though. Cause uh, I look to social media and I really curate my feed so that it's people that make me feel you good do. about myself. And when they mm-hmm. stop making me feel good, I mute them. And then if I'm still having feeling triggered or it's just not there anymore, I completely unfollow them. Um, but I think a lot of people fail to do that and fail to recognize that, you know, on Instagram, you're only seeing what they want you to see. Um, you know, at least like John Green and Nora Ephron, they're very mm-hmm. self-effacing. They're very much like, here are my faults I'm willing to share with you in a <laughs> yeah, yeah. self-deprecating way. 
Um, mm-hmm. so, like there's a human, they're, they're very human to me. And it, you know, the, the things that I like about them, you know, common themes for the people on my list are intellect, hard work, discipline, determination, you know, great orators and communicators. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, let's say, you know, the golden shadow you see is somebody who, you know, has a perfect body, great hair, great wardrobe, seemingly perfect life, perfect family. And you don't have that. It can, it can seem daunting and, you know, hard to think that you can reach that um, when you're not seeing the parts of their life that mirror your own. But that's also another one of those points where it's like, it might not be the whole package. Yeah. Like your attraction to this, this person in your feed or on the screen or your next door neighbor, it's, you think it might be the whole package, but it's not, it's this one thing. And I think that for me, what I discovered, um, for my mom was number one, the fact that if she was like, I have to do this thing, she did that thing. Mm -hmm. So her motivation and her drive, which I always felt were lacking somehow in myself, right? It was always like, I can do that tomorrow. Yeah. She had a lot of accomplishments, right? She did. So her motivation and drive. And then the fact that she went from being debilitated by thinking about speaking in public Mm -hmm. to becoming a public speaker and a very good one at that. So when she was a public speaker, I would see that and just say, that is something, of course, that's radiating to me mm-hmm. that that I will never be able to do. Mm. That's hard. <laughs> but that also shows like when you're having those thoughts. So like, let's say you have golden shadow people, but they also kind of make you feel bad about yourself in a way too. Yeah. More, I wish I could do that. Well, and and just to clarify, that. my mom never made me feel bad. Like oh, she didn't, didn't personally. No, right. no. But yeah. that also, you know, it shows that, you know, it, to be intentional as with most things we discuss on the show, you have to discover your own gold. And so, you know, if you're envious of someone, you know, what somebody else has, there's a quote by a Jungian psychologist, um, Marie-Louise von Franz. I want to have a name with von in the middle. Um, (laughs) The the quote is, envy is a misunderstood compulsion to achieve something within oneself that one has neglected. Ooh. Yeah. So it it brings me back to that Stephen Covey quote um, that I love that we tend to judge others on behaviors and ourselves on intentions. And I think when you're (sighs) aware of unexpressed intentions, you know, wanting to be a public speaker, wanting to influence someone some way, you're going to start to judge yourself on all the things you've never done before, all the inaction, Mm -hmm. um, everything that you, you wanted to do, but didn't. And so I like viewing it instead as like, this is just something I haven't nurtured. This is something I haven't watered. I haven't even tried to love that or it grew and I let it die. Like it's just, yes, it's in you and you're neglecting to see it for what it truly is. Yeah. And I think you have to be honest with yourself because if I had been like, I don't feel that way now, but if I had been honest with myself, I would have said, yeah, she also worked freaking hard to become. And she didn't just like pop out a public speaker, obviously debilitating, couldn't. And then she started doing like runway shows where she would be the person who would say what the model was wearing, but it took her like two years to be able yeah. to do just that. To see the work, the gold. Exactly. Went in. It's kind of like, let's say I want to, you know, going back to that neglect piece and what you're nurturing, it's comparing your very first year as a gardener, your rose bush that you're growing from seed to the state fair award winner. Who's had this bush for 30 years. You know, <laughs> the like- state fair award winner. <laughs> Such a Minnesota. Yeah, I know. You can't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So then for the admiration piece, a quote from David Rico is we build our pedestals out of our untapped potential. Yeah. So like you're projecting this on them. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe they don't view themselves as great. Maybe they want to be better, but you view them as this Mm -hmm. amazing thing because of what you want to be. Well, and I think for me, sorry, I keep going back to me, but I think for me now that I'm like, oh, let me sit down next to myself and therapize myself. But 
my mom's public speaking, I didn't want to be a public speaker, but that made it, I think it was a little bit of a trigger for me that you didn't do your acting, right? Mm -hmm. So I just realized that right now. You, Hmm. maybe that's something that is part of the golden shadow experience too. Maybe you don't want to do anything that person's doing, but they appear to have reached their full potential. And that's what you want in yourself is I such a good point. So maybe it's not anything specific to them, mm-hmm. except it is kind of the whole package as far as them reaching their potential. Yeah. Oh, such a good point. And wanting success in your life, maybe wanting, like I said, mm-hmm. the admiration piece or the yeah. other benefit yeah. being your brightest, shiniest self. Um, so with that, you know, you have to, you know, when you're looking at your untapped potential, um, you, again, it brings it back to shadow work that you have to understand your own shame. We, you know, we you, always bring it back to shadow work. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's part of the work. I, I gotta say, when I first heard this, it was like, yay, bring shiny and well, we're gold. And then I dove into it and I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I've been doing the work. I just want to like now blossom into that. I've been in the dirt. I want to. I've been doing the work. (laughs) The work never ends, I guess. (laughs) That's why I decided to wear black with my shimmery. That's my shadow. That's my shimmery. (laughs) (laughs) But so with that shadow work, I think what's helpful, you know, when being more introspective and looking inward is it, don't accept the darkest places of you, like assess the labels you've put on yourself and assess the labels mm-hmm. that you have accepted from other people. Um, you know, I think, I think, I mean, that is such great, um, such a great recommendation. And a part of that is also like, there still might be some healing left to do mm-hmm. so that you're not just accepting those labels um, there might be some endings, some relationships might have to end to allow mm-hmm. you to, to be your golden self, you know, yeah. to move out yeah. of the shadows of others. Um, yeah. Another good point. And then part of that shadow work though, too, and part of, especially the golden shadow work is what good characteristics about yourself are you hiding from? Yeah. Um, One of my favorite exercises um, that a a coach had me do last year was anytime you're feeling down about yourself, Tracy, like get out of your own head, text your best friends and say, hey, I'm having a rough day. What makes me amazing? And I did it. I did it. I didn't give them any like exposition or context. Just one day I texted both of them and I was like, hey, having a rough day. Uh, What makes me amazing? And they both sent me, a, I saved it in the notes in my phone and I go back to it. Um, very long list that these two people don't interact with each other at all. It's not like a friend circle. And they were very similar, <laughs> very complimentary. Um, and now yeah, I love it that you saved it in your notes in I your phone it. so you can go back to it. Yeah, I still, you know, there are still days when I do reach out and I'm like, God, I'm having a rough day. And I don't get quite yeah. the same page because we've been doing it. But I've also set the stage for them to be able to do that too, you know, and, right. and to help them be their golden shadow or get through those, those dark moments. But, and I think that's wonderful that you were, um, I don't know, you had enough self, whatever to be able to say, I, I know I need some help right now. And I'm going to reach out to people I trust and I'm going to ask for what I need. Well, not everyone does it. it. You know, when this, I also did this for, with a friends and family, when I created my very first dating profile, like, how do I sell myself? You know, yeah. I'm confident. I know I, I tend to try and meet people organically and go more off energy and feelings and stuff that way. And it's mm-hmm. like, what do I want to sell about myself? How are other people selling themselves? And finally, I was just like, hey, friends and family, what's great about me? You know, <laughs> and they helped me craft it. Maybe we all need to, maybe we all need to craft a dating profile so that we understand what is good about ourselves. Right? Send a, send a quiz out. Um, but again, yeah, only, yeah. only accepting the labels that resonate with you, you know, and thankfully, you know, the people I asked kept everything very positive. And anything nice yeah, I said about yeah. myself, they didn't counteract. They didn't say, why are you putting that on there? That's not you. Where there are some people in my life that I, you know, that might, 
that might try and hold me back or might try, you know, because of their own generational things or how they, yeah. or how they were told to present themselves or. That reminds me once again of what we were talking about. The crabs in the bowl. (laughs) The crabs in the bowl. (laughs) Yep. You're trying, you're getting out of the bowl and those other crabs pulling you back in. So one of the things that like popped up for me as we were talking about this is why are you afraid to shine? Right. Not you personally, any of us, right. Why are you afraid? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you afraid to to shine? Do you think you're going to outshine someone else? Maybe someone who you care about and you don't want to outshine them. Are you afraid you're going to become too bright and shiny and attract like internet trolls or something or in real life trolls. I don't know. Well, and that's actually something for me that I've thought about. Um, and that, you know, I've been to like some women workshops and stuff too. And, and just talking about how, you know, when I am my brightest and best itself, I attract everybody, you know, I don't just track the people I want in my circle. Um, the people I, you know, aspire to be more like, Mm-hmm. you get conflict and attention from everybody. And it's about how you react to it and how you kind of ward yourself or, you know, cloak yourself for a better term and, and, and how you ignore it. But I, I think it's really common, especially if you start talking about the things you're proud about, if you start shining, it's going to upset people, you know, and, and there are going to be commenters if you're on social media or just negative mm-hmm. Nancy's and I didn't, I, Debbie Downers, why are they all female cliches? <laughs> Where is there hey, <laughs> what's going on here? Let's change that. Negative Nicks. Um, <laughs> no, don't use Nick. That's my nephew's name. He's oh, really no. positive. <laughs> no, actually, he's not that positive. Well, there are sometimes. nice Nicks in the world too, and, <laughs> yeah. and delightful Debbies, and yeah. Um, but <laughs> people that either because they're in that more lack mindset of competition or it, it's triggering for them. Yeah. You know, that, and, and especially like you said, like outshine someone else. What if, what if you have a sibling? What if you have a twin? What if they're having a rough life and, and you're on track for your living your best life? Yeah. So um, what do you do? And so when you said like, when I'm shining my brightest, I attract everyone. So do you have like some tips about putting up your boundaries or not reacting to people? Or is that just it? Like maybe that's a whole nother show. Um, I think, you know, for me, it started with just accepting and acknowledging that that was a thing and that it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and acknowledging to myself, like, okay, either we can continue not to be our brightest self, and this is the type of life we'll have, and we'll still probably interact with people we don't want to, <laughs> or we can do it anyways. Um, and so some of it is, you know, you know, energetically. So just that concept of cloaking, I think, um, um, uh, asking is given the Esther, um, yeah, I actually have it from the library right now. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of talk about how to, how to kind of cloak yourself, you know, at least energetically so that it's not draining when it does happen. You know, there are also mm-hmm. cord cutting meditations and things like that. So at least on an energetic level, you're not carrying it with you. And on an in-person level, um, I mean, I don't know, it'll depend on the situation and, and where you're at and, and how you choose to respond to conflict, but it's also, you're, you're always in charge of your own reaction and your own emotions. So for me, it's just mm-hmm. was doing that inner work of, you know, it might happen in the moment and I trust myself to get through it, but I'm not going to carry that with me. Like, I'm just going to leave it there where it happened. I'm going to let that person carry that. You, um, you don't need another dead body to be dragging <laughs> around with you. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, there's definitely moments, you know, online when people bring stuff up, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about cancel culture. Um, mm-hmm. It's just about accountability, you know? And so it's, it's knowing, you know, reflecting on your own posts is something I need to be accountable for is, is there some truth to whatever they're bringing up or is it that lack mindset? In which case you ignore it, you know, negative attention is still attention and I'm not going to give that person negative attention. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for that or have you encountered that? Yeah. I, I think I would probably just reiterate everything you said. Um, I, I, tend to, um, you know, I used to react in a different way. And now I think I react more with either curiosity or just like, okay, that's just how you're living your life, I guess. Um, It makes it much less stressful 
um, your days are much less stressful. I can remember hearing someone say, and I think it might've been Jen Sincero in one of her books. I don't remember which one, but she said, if you were a, you know, six foot seven tall person and somebody walked up to you and said, oh, you're such a, you know, you're so short and dumpy or whatever. You'd just be like, what's your perspective? (laughs) What are you talking about? And just walk away. Right. Because it doesn't affect you because it's not your reality. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can separate ourselves, we don't have to become enmeshed with other people and what they have to say and what they think of us. Mm -hmm. Like the minute we, like you said, I don't want to give any kind of reaction to these people because that's attention. Even if it's negative, even if you're like, oh, you're, well, you're stupid or whatever. Not Mm -hmm. that you would say that, (laughs) but you're still giving them attention. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's that separation and then just go on your way. Yeah. That reminds me, somebody posted something on TikTok recently and they posted it as like a question or it was part of this meme that they were answering the question. And I just, I responded like, this is inappropriate. And this is why I think why, because this person had a huge platform, you know, Mm -hmm. a million views. Don't know if they'd ever see my comment or not. Um, But I was very respectful and was just like, I didn't, you know, I didn't care for this. And this is why. And somebody else wrote back almost immediately, like, F you, they said the whole thing. This is just a fun post, how, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the middle finger emoji. And I was like, you know, I could have continued to engage in that and be mm-hmm. like, I understand that's the intent, but this is the, this is what they actually produced, you know? And, and even if you want it to be fun, it doesn't mean it is, you know, like we're responsible for the words and thoughts we put out in the world. And instead I was just like, oh man, wow, that person just virtually flicked off another person with five emojis and told someone they've never met before, never have to speak to, to F off. Wow, did my comment make them think and reflect on their own thoughts and attitudes? I'm going to leave them with that. You know, I, <laughs> I, I love it so much. Engage. I could have other people kind of <laughs> you know, engaged on my behalf, so to speak. And I just stopped looking at the notifications and I was just like, you know, in the past, you know, especially in my early twenties, when you just want everybody to like you or like, Oh no, what did I do wrong? I would have just been like trying to overly, you know, um, explain myself or deleting my comment or, you know, turning off notifications and comments. Instead, I was just like, wow, that person sure had a reaction (laughs) went about my day. Um, so I think it's all in how you choose to engage. Um, but I also, um, my new thought process in life is less, I hope they like me and more. I wonder if I like them. So that curiosity piece. Yeah. I love that Tracy. It just, it seems very freeing. Yeah. And it is, you know, you do on on one hand, you do want the people you like to like you. Um, but my opinion is of them is far more important to me, (laughs) their opinion to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little selfish, but it's my life. Really? I think that should be lesson one for like, I don't know, life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But so that's, that's, you know, that just shows I'm continuing to discover things about myself, both that I want to improve or even just that untapped potential that we're both learning about. And even, you know, that somebody might view me as their, you know, golden shadow. Yeah. Um, And so it's, you know, I want to ask the listeners, like, do you define yourself as being fully cooked or is there more to you <laughs> to uncover yet in life? I love it. Uh, and at what age, you know, if you do feel done, what age should that happen? <laughs> right. It's so it's so easy to feel like, oh, I can't change careers. I can't start this hobby. I can't become a favorite, you know, a famous actor. Like didn't Julia Child not even start cooking until in her forties? Um it, it, think you're right. It might've even been old. She, it might've, she might've even been older than that. I mean, when you think about, uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, I said this before that my mom said there's never a line in the sand, but she used to have this whole thing about, um, people who started very late in life doing what they're doing and becoming very successful. But also I'm just wondering if people who, who think they're done, and think they're content with where they're at. Is that just like the easy button? 
Is that just, it's so much easier and there's no conflict and you don't have to work hard at anything really and you don't have to fail to me. Yeah. I yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to fail. Ooh, that hit yeah. hard. Cause, cause failing just cause you've uncovered a golden shadow doesn't mean you might not fail mm-hmm. at time or 17. Right. So, you know, whether, whether you're still, you know, cooking or, or you, or, or you thought you were done, but now you're intrigued, um, you know, a, a way to get there, you know, to kind of reclaim your gold, so to speak, are, you know, is to think about, are there parts of you um, that you want or uh, to recognize or need to reclaim in order to achieve goals or set new ones? Um, so you can think about an underdeveloped skills you'd like to focus yeah. on self-doubt to overcome, um, that submerged potential. Um, I work <laughs> right now I work in, um, uh, risk noise. <laughs> and, and we do, we often do as part of risk management, we do SWOT analysis. And so that stands for strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat. So the word risk, often people think of the word risky and, oh, I can't do that, or I shouldn't do that, or that's a bad thing. Risk is actually split into two categories, threat, Yes, the bad, what we don't want to have happen, but opportunity, like staying stagnant in life, it is a threat, you know, like there, you can, it absolutely opportunities. is, you mm-hmm. cannot create or generate opportunities mm-hmm. um, and, and you'll be worse for it. You know, there's a lot of things in life you can go for. Um, and it's not all about like that defensive plane of avoiding a threat. Um, and so I encourage everybody, you know, to, to, you know, draw that grid, you know, have a box for what you think your current strengths are. And I encourage you to reach out to your friends. It was really nice to, to hear from them. Um, also what you think your weaknesses are, where you think opportunities are, um, and not just based on your strengths, but also based on your weaknesses, you know, not just what you think you can do, but maybe what you've always wanted to do those golden shadow areas and then your threats too. Um, because your threats, you might have to assess, are they real? Are they imagined? Are they just further shadow work you have to do? Are they things you can overcome? You know, in risk management, when we talk about threat and risk, we talk about, you know, you can mitigate it. You can accept it. You can transfer it. You know, there's all this stuff you can do with threat, um, beyond just being like, yep, that exists and I'm not going to move. Yeah. And I think too, especially if you are, say you're in, you know, I don't know, like if you have a partner or you have children or something like that, is the threat, are you worried that it's like their, is it their threat or is it your Mm -hmm. threat? Like who's, whose is it? Yeah. Like let's get, yes. Mm -hmm. Again, with the projecting. Right. I think another thing too, that I really want people to think about is, um, Oftentimes, the things that we love to do or thought we wanted to do when we were maybe, I don't know, six, seven, all the way to maybe 12, 13, that's a really good time to look at yourself because usually after 12 or 13, everything is just like squashed down, (laughs) right? But, but think about things that you wanted to do when you were a kid or that you like to do when you were a kid. And too. Also, if those things seem unattainable, like for me, I wanted to be a judge and I didn't really understand what a judge was, but it goes back to those same things. The golden shadows I see in celebrities that they're highly intelligent. They were very hardworking, very mm-hmm. smart, you know, so I can still be those things or express those things. They don't have to become a judge and you know, people had to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, so you are I actually, I you're a judge right now, Tracy. <laughs> <Same See? more>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're highly intelligent. You work hard. You, um, what, what was the other thing that you said about the judge? What was know. it again? Well, anyways, <laughs> it was that and profound. profound. And then people listen to you. There you go. Wow. There. Here's your gift. You would be so excited. (laughs) (laughs) But so, you know, it's about casting your own light, right? Both for yourself, just to be Mm. your authentic self, but then also allow others to see the gold in you, you know, because you might inspire somebody else. You might influence someone else. You might be that support 
somebody else needed that motivation. Yeah. um, You know, circling back to Betty, whose TikTok inspired everything today, she had closed out her message with, and I'm I'm stealing it, but I'm giving her credit. Um, You have recognized and resonated with something. If you have resonated with something, why can't you do it? What is stopping you from doing it? You admire it and you wish you could. So what is stopping you? Next time you have these moments, question it. Do I have the potential to do that? That, it honestly, it's going to make me, um, I won't just mindlessly scroll through things anymore, right? Now I look at things and actually pull them apart Mm -hmm. and look at the pieces. And I think the question, the last one, do I have the potential to do that? Obviously, if you're attracted to it, I think you probably do have the potential, but then I feel like then the step is what's the first, and we've talked about this with goals, uh, I'm sure in other episodes, what the, what's, what's like the first small step I can do towards this? I have one. Do you? Okay. As as we (laughs) talked a lot about shadow work, it's become really popular on social media to talk about a lot of coaches go through it. I think the first step for any of this is thinking past you or thinking today you for getting you to where you are instead of thinking, wow, I'm 36. Why haven't I done this already? Or I can't do Mm -hmm. this already. Or why didn't I recognize I had these opportunities and potential before you are here now having these thoughts, this ability to do this work because of the work past you did. So I think acknowledging and thanking and expressing gratitude for that clears the stage for you to feel freer to, to move forward now, right? You have to say, yes, it clears the stage. You know, you can't be in the past at what you did or didn't do. And you can't project Mm -hmm. too far into the future as to overwhelm yourself with all that there is to do. I think Mm -hmm. you have to start with just being that present focus. So boy, to (laughs) honestly, when I, well, I just think about when you, when you think about just like thanking yourself and being in the present moment and saying, thank you for getting me here and for making me be the person who, who looks at this thing and, 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 and wants to have this potential that then you're filled with such a different, um, energy than that. Oh, look at that. Look at what they're doing. I'm not doing that. And, you know, we've, you've brought this up a few times, like you're going to have to work for it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have bad habits you've been doing, you have good habits to implement, you know, you, you have the self-limiting beliefs to work through, you know, like you're going to have to do the work and then you also have the skills to learn and build and grow. But I think it's important to remember, um, it's better to half-ass something than not do it at all. You know, I doing- couldn't agree more, like just do it, any of it, doing 30 <laughs> minutes a week, 15 minutes a week, just writing down the thing and kind of looking at it. Like that's, you don't have to dedicate 40 hours a week to, to become good at something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is going to take time, but that practice will grow overall. I'm right now working with this amazing energy coach. Um, and one of the goals that we set for myself today, I absolutely loved her for this. She goes, how does it sound to just say you're going to do it three times a week? Not that you're going to do it these specific days at these specific times or for this long, but like, how does it feel to just say, I'm going to do it three times in a week? Could be two in a day, you know, three in a day. It could be, you know, sporadically throughout the week, but like, how does that feel? And I was like, that seems so much freeing, more freeing and easier and not like one more task to do that I know I can do that. And I'm much more likely at the start of the week to be like, wow, I'm going to do one now. Like, I don't want to save them all for the end. Like I'm, I'm self-aware enough to recognize how stressful that would be. Um, but so it's little things like that. Like, can, can I work this in with my one good cup of coffee? You know, just reflecting, Mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't, the analysis paralysis piece gets us. Um, if if you want to be a painter, start, you know, watching a YouTube video, start by getting some supplies, start by just fricking paint by number, you know, like, yeah, I know that this, I did not come up with this either, but it's coming into my head. And I wish I could remember who first said this, where I saw this. I don't remember. This is not me. However, have you ever watched a kid paint? Like if you wanted to be a painter, okay. The hell they 
they care? They don't care. They're like, look at this, put it up on the refrigerator. And then they might go, oh, that's terrible. And it looks exactly like the first one. Right. But they don't care. They're just, they're doing it to do it, Um, which can be freeing as well. And I think sometimes you do, you know, I'm all about the doing. Um, So maybe you get out there and you start doing the thing that you want to do. And maybe it's, it's, like hard and it kind of sucks, but you did it once and now you can try doing it again. Right. Yes. It's, it's, we're in a culture of it. It's not okay to be a novice as an adult. Um, or that's what the world makes you think. But I also, I admire adults who start new things, you know? So it's like, why am I limiting myself by saying like, Oh gosh, I can't, I can't go and start archery. I've never done that before. I've never been a rock climber. Yeah. And at the same time, look at these women 20 years older than me and being like, wow, that's so cool. They're starting this new thing. You know, like- I know you see it in other people. You're like, look at them start this new thing. Yeah. My 33, 34, 30, <laughs> sorry, Joey, <laughs> year old has started taking French because he has this goal and it's a big goal, but his first step in the process, he was like, I'm going to have to know how to speak French. So he, he invested in a course. He's mm-hmm. taking French. He also knows his limitations. He has dyslexia. And so they want you to also spell the word. He's like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> so, right. But the fact that he's putting himself out there. So then he does like, he's signed up for these zoom classes with French and, and just like, he's fine being a beginner because his eye is on this thing over here. But So that, that mindset brings me to our tarot card for today's show, which is the ACE of swords. Mm-hmm. Um, so hold that up. So it's, it's this hand, this magical hand looking like it's coming from the clouds, mm-hmm. holding a double-edged sword in the sky over some mountain ranges. It's very bright and shiny. Um, and it has a crown with some Ivy, I think. Laurels. I think it's, Laurels. Laurels. yep. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there are even some like golden leaves coming off of it. Um, but so, uh, what made me, his mindset, um, you know, the, the Ace of Swords is about generating new ways of thinking. Yes. So you can't change who you are. You can't um, achieve new things by staying the same. You know, if you say that, mm-hmm. if, if your ways of thinking are the same, you're not going to achieve whatever it is you're, you're trying to, to, to go for because it's a new thing. So you have to think differently. Um, but it's about being, and these, is, um, these are all from the Biddy Tarot, um, but mind and expansion mode, bursting with creativity and fresh ideas, get to the truth as quick as possible. Um, you know, uh, swords are, uh, represent air in the elements. So it's much more, uh, you know, your mental and your mind. Um, but it also talks about that with power comes responsibility because it is a double-edged sword and mm-hmm. you can create or destroy. And so I think that brings us back to both of our first kind of examples of our golden shadows we see in others. And you can let it inspire you to create new things in your life for yourself, or you can let it destroy you and everything you think you can't do. Yes. So it's an inner truth. If you want those bright and shiny moments, you, you have to do the work. It's all inside. It's all you, you can ask others for reinforcement, but it's, it's comes down to you. Yeah. So, wow. (laughs) We covered a lot today. We did. (laughs) I learned a lot. Yeah, I think well, I think this is a concept as with most Jungian things. I hope we yeah. revisit it again and again because it inspired me and made me look differently at the stuff in myself mm-hmm. that I haven't done or I can't do or that I want to do, and to instead see that interest as potential versus something I haven't done yet. Um, it's something I'm about to do. <laughs> well, and I think just you saying that the potential, something you're about to do, that reminds me actually of the ace of swords, all the ace cards I feel are like opportunities. Like Mm -hmm. here's this opportunity. Here's this. um, It's the start of a cycle, right? Yes, it is. It's the beginning. Yes. I love it. Perfect card for this. Well, uh, uh, next week we're going to talk about something. I feel like, um, uh, you know, to be your brightest and shiniest self is to, to not 
be that just for for your own um uh i don't know uh good fortune um but it's also to to be there for others Mm -hmm. um and so you know the world is starting to reopen in many places um may day or may 1st is approaching which in some cultures you know you um ding dong ditch your neighbors with baskets full of goodies (laughs) (laughs) i know last year i did it for my two-year-old neighbor joan i absolutely love her but i got her a little <laughs> potted plant from the grocery store and a nice little card. And I think I baked some treats and I hung it in the gift bag on her door, rang the doorbell and I ran away and she called and she's like, Tracy, why don't you wait for me to answer the door? And I was like, why didn't you sign the card, Tracy? I know it's from you. And I was like, it says happy May Day. Like this is, a, is, is this new? Was this not around 92 <laughs> years ago? <laughs> but so for me, um, I, I may have brought this up in the past, but when I have a bad day, I like to make others have a good day. Um, a common um, kind of suggestion for people in the throes of deep depression, not knowing where to start, is to volunteer. It's to get out of your own head and help other people. And then also, like I said, just when I'm my brightest and shiniest self, I'm just more inclined to just be there for others, whether they need it or not, you know, just like help support or just be, um, you know, those shining moments in someone's life. And so um, uh, we're going to be starting this series this year, um, on being a blessing to everyone you meet. It, it's a concept and an affirmation that, that we, um, talk about a lot and that we both like, but for part one, it's going to be about getting outside of yourself, um, or thinking of others. Um, so you don't have to be a blessing to everyone you meet, uh, but you get to, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm at a point where I can do that anytime I'm in a bad mood or depressed or, um, or even every day, you know, sometimes you need other people to be that for you. Um, and I try and be what I want out in the world. Is that the quote? Um, um, doesn't Gwandi have a quote like that? Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, so we're going to, we'll dive more into that. I don't, I yes. guess I don't have to fill I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it right now. <laughs> we're, we're not, a, 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 and with that, we conclude episode 16. <laughs> <laughs> two for one folks two for one well if this episode has been a blessing to you (laughs) if it spoke to you if it spoke to your soul please share it share it with a friend um give us some love on whatever your preferred platform is um rate review subscribe we love you you can also reach out to us via instagram and youtube under the brightly podcast and via email at brightlypodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we hope you have a bright and beautiful and golden day. Oh, <laughs>